thank God you're not a white male comic because we're not going to say it out loud, but we fucking hate white male comics. It's literally like, and I'm not saying, oh, poor white male comics, um, because we had a good run. Yeah. Not, not now. Lisa Lampanelli told me that. Bill, I had a long conversation with Bill Burr about this. I mean, you know, oh. so before people start pointing fingers and being like, yeah. oh, Jared's, oh, he's just mad because he's not black, you know, whatever. It's like, <laughs> it's fucking true, though. And I'll argue with anybody about that. I'll debate that all day long because I have the emails back from... Hot breath. Mm, mm-mm. That's a tasty teaser. But before we get to the guest, I must first thank our sponsor, Wax and Wick Candles, for providing their hand-poured 100% soy candles in support of hot breath. You can get your own handcrafted candles by going to waxandwick.co and use the promo code 40 off Joel Byers for 40% off your order. That's right. You can also come by my show every Wednesday at Java Monkey Indicator at 8.30 to smell them for yourself. Before, of course, taking advantage of the promo code 40 off Joel Byers at waxandwick.co. You won't be disappointed. And I was also not disappointed to see a few new iTunes reviews from people like Spacey Christina giving us five stars, Lil Bus Pimp saying, quote, Man, I'm so taken back by the interview with Jerry Farber. What a vault of wisdom from Jerry. Loved it. Thank you, little bus pimp. I received a lot of good feedback from Jerry Farber's interview. Must be a winner. But of course, I must say my favorite iTunes review of the week was from Kite Pie. Kite Pal. Kite Pal. You know who you are. They said, quote, Joel Byers is a genius. Yeah. They spelled my last name wrong, but uh, only I know that because I'm a genius. Anyway, thank you for all your constructive feedback, and please continue that support. We're almost to 100 reviews and another t-shirt giveaway, so keep them coming for your chance to win. Kaboom. But... You've already won today because our guest is the jovial Jared Harris. This Atlanta comedy commander opens up about a comedy career spanning from being homeless to living in a van to befriending, befriending, <clears throat> befriending comedy legends like Stephen Colbert and Bill Burr. There is also an in-depth discussion about the current blacklist of white males in comedy industry. Oh, the plight. But I guarantee Mr. Harris will feel like family after this interview. So open your hearts and ears with Hot Breath and Jared Harris. Freaking, um... Compound, man. Well, it's getting there. <laughs> it's getting there and trying to, you know, <laughs> trying to build a little compound here against the, the U.S. government. Well, I'm, I'm so. <laughs> I thought as soon as you saw it recorded, you like immediately go into this voice. Like, well, we're recording now. Yeah, well, look at me. I'm doing the voices now. Huh? <laughs> You got a lot of them. Yes, what's the dog's name? 
Cammy. She's gonna be making a ton of noise with her little feet, though. Yeah, that. When I interviewed Tone Bell, his dog was barking the whole time, and it's all good. When you interview the greats, you take what comes. The greats. <laughs> the greats. <laughs> I should. Uh, first off, thank you for doing this. Yeah, man. And uh, if you could please just say your. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Hi, I'm Jared. Harris of comedy. Jared Harris of comedy. Jared Harris of comedy. And this is Cammy. Thank say, you for being on Hot Breath, sir. Say hi, Cammy. Little Cammy's got some hot breath right now. Whew. I bet. Jesus Christ. You got to stop making out with her. Eight years of doggy treats. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this at your place, too. It's, uh, it's good to be at the Harris compound. Yeah, man. I've heard, I've heard some stories. Building, building it up. You've got to build it up. <laughs> You got a, a tool shed and a uh, BMX track all in your backyard. Yeah, well, it's not a track. It's just some jumps. But, you know, a track is like something you race on. But that's just like, oh. those are just jumps. It's like some dirt jumps and some, some ramps. I guess you would know what a track is yeah. since you were a... I used to race, yeah. A lot. You were the yeah. man. I don't know about the man, but... Weren't you ranked like nationally? Race. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, back in the day, <laughs> way back in the day. How old were you? Was I or am I? <laughs> how you're forty now? I'm forty now. Yeah. So how old were you when you were when I raced? Racing? I raced like from. Uh, hopefully that won't pick up too bad. Hold on. Cammy, get in there. Jesus, what is she doing? Okay, come over here. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, there you go, there you go. Chill. All right, just chill. Uh, yeah, I raced from like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Jeez. Then I quit when I was twenty-one because, uh, yeah, I just got like really burnt out on the tracks and stuff. Were like super stupid, and like they were building tracks for like kids, and the, you know, it just there was no progress in the sport at that at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I just got burnt out on it because, you know, you just wanted to ride. I just So I just started building dirt jumps and stuff. And then we rode dirt jumps for a while. And then, uh, yeah. And then I quit riding because I'm an idiot. Because you're an idiot? Yeah, stupid. It's you the worst, have been worst thing I ever did was to stop riding. <laughs> Are you, why would you say that? Oh, because it's, like, it's like the only thing I love to do. It's like, yeah, yeah riding's like the best ever, but... Yeah, so I quit. I'll never get that time back. So, but you must have started maybe around near the beginning of the sport, or back when X Games were first coming in. Yeah, that's not the beginning of the sport. I mean, BMX started in like '74. Okay. So yeah, and then it got really big in the mid to late '70s, early '80s, into like the late '80s, and then there she goes again. Kim, get over here. Come here. <laughs> Stay put. So, <laughs> I'm holding this dog this so it doesn't classic. like jump around everywhere. Uh, yeah, so then it got like really popular. <clears throat> and then in the uh, early 90s, it pretty much died almost. And that's when I started riding. Oh, cool. Um, and racing and stuff. And. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it wasn't dead, but you know, it just wasn't super popular and trendy. And then, uh, and then in '95, the first X Games uh, came, 
And so, yeah. And then it kind of went through like a, you know, another boom, I guess. Did you try to get on X Games or did you no, get on X Games? No, there's, well, I mean, I guess technically at that point it wasn't really, <laughs> the level of writing wasn't like it is now, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, because this was like before kids could grow up, you know, with foam pits and safe ways to learn stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, technically, like, I, yeah, technically, I guess, you know, anybody who could ride dirt jumps <laughs> really and could do basic tricks could probably, you know, be in the X Games. But, uh, but no, I didn't mean by that, by 95, yeah, I was kind of like, I was still racing, but I was like more focused on uh, trying to start a business and shit. So I didn't really, I don't know, I didn't really ride that much after like 96, 90, no, 90, 98 is when I really kind of quit riding a lot. 98, 99. Since you didn't have a foam pit, you must have had some pretty gnarly in- injuries uh, from racing. Does anyone stick out? Uh, Besides concussions, not, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, I've had several concussions but like i guess i mean i don't know i say they're i mean they're not gnarly to me because in the grand scheme of things i mean i see people getting doing really having really bad injuries but uh i mean i've broken my jaw broken my uh dislocated my shoulder broken my both my feet i don't know how many times hands i don't know how many times um Broke my tailbone once, broken ribs three times. Um, let's see, what else did I break? Uh, <laughs> Sounds like everything. Yeah, I don't know. I've had a bunch. Yeah, I'm trying to remember back. It's kind of hard to remember everything. Um, fingers. I've definitely broken some fingers, some toes. Uh... But yeah, I mean, knock on wood, nothing like, nothing <laughs> terrible. You, know what I mean? you just listed off half your body, and you're like, but luckily nothing. No, terrible. I mean it's not like not compared to like some. I mean the people that ride now, oh my god, it's crazy. And when when you're getting all these injuries, was there anyone like maybe from your family like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be throwing yourself around like this, breaking all these bones. Well, I mean, it wasn't like I just broke bones every day. I mean, well, know. yeah, you had to heal and then you could break another one or something. But <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't like, and nobody wants to break anything. It's just, you know, riding is just, uh, it's just so fun that, you know, you can't not ride basically once you start riding because mm-hmm. it's like, it's kind of addicting. Um, but no, nobody in my family, eh, nobody really gave a shit about <laughs> the fact that I rode. <laughs> <laughs> That's what As I matter heard. Matter of fact, my grandmother probably would have rather that I did crafts or something because she right. she loved to go to Michaels to buy crafts. <laughs> I went to Michaels to buy some crafts, and you didn't get any. Son. Like she literally would try to make me jealous all the time. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not, you know, I'm heterosexual male. I don't really do crafts, but that's fine. <laughs> Which is fine if you're gay and you like. That's totally fine. I have nothing against gay crafting. Or yep. gays. Gays or crafts. If you want to do... My girlfriend does crafts. Crafts are good. She also likes to gamble. Yeah. So yeah. she likes to gamble, gamble. Yeah. But I guess she's the one that really raised you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my grandmother was... She was... Uh, yeah, she was great, man. She was great. We lost her. Yeah. <laughs> we lost her about 
three years. I think it's three years ago now. Yeah, man, time swims. What about your parents? Uh, yeah, mom. <coughs> excuse me. Um, picked up a bug. That's why my throat. That's why my my voice is so deep right now. It's normally not this deep. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my mom died like uh in two thousand five, I think. And yeah, I think it was two thousand five. 2005 or 2006. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, a lot of people die in the family. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I was steering towards, was yeah. just your family in general. Oh, yeah, And yeah. just how crazy your, uh, yeah, they're really cool. how crazy your life has been. I don't know if yeah. people really know to the extent of you being alive right now is, could be seen <laughs> as a miracle in itself. Yeah, some people say that. That's funny. <laughs> You've said that. Yeah, I definitely think that sometimes. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's day one. It's a tough road. <laughs> I don't. I don't know but, if there's even a road for you. Uh-uh. Just thinking about things I heard about your dad. We don't have to go into those though. You can. Uh, you yeah, can everybody. Those. Yeah, they're all. My whole family is kind of. They're all kind of crazy. It's actually actually my the Harris side of my family. They're. They're pretty cool, man. I like them a lot. I just hung out with them for literally like the first time since probably the eighties. And uh and it was one of those things where I hang out with them and I'm like, Oh wow, there's like a whole family of people that are super cool. I should have been hanging out with them <laughs> for years now. Yeah. And uh yeah, so they're cool, man. I like them a lot and my girlfriend likes them a lot. They like her, so it's cool. Yeah, so we'll probably be hanging out with them. Because for years I just felt like I didn't have any family. Yeah. And, uh, which I, you know, kind of didn't, but, um, I mean, you know, there's certain people in the family that, but there's, you know, just, there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of scumbags and I'm just like, I think people think that too much like, oh, okay, well I'm related to these people. So because we're blood, we need to hang out. We need to be fam. No, you don't have to, (laughs) you don't have to fucking (laughs) hang out with people. If they're scumbags, they're scumbags. You just don't hang out with them. Well, yeah, especially if they're hitting you and trying to drown you and things like that, probably. Yeah. Yeah. People you don't (laughs) want to be around. Yeah. Well, my dad, the thing about my dad is my dad's like, I think my, my dad means well, but like he's a, he's just, you know, he's like me, like he's very unstable. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not like, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't react the same way that my dad reacts to stuff, but, but, you know, I mean, I don't like, I don't harbor any like bad feelings Mm -hmm. towards, towards him or anything or my mom for being a, you know, pill head or an alcoholic or, you know, uh, amidst a a bunch of other things, but yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I think you just have to like find something that you're passionate about and just put energy into that and then let that kind of like take you where it's going to take you. Is that what took you to being homeless for a little while? Were you homeless a couple of weeks? Yeah, I was like for a little while for like when I was, I don't know how old, I can't remember how old I was. I was a teenager, Uh huh. but that was after my grandfather died and my mom went into like a mental institution. And uh, and then my my sister, she had a dad that took her. Uh, so yeah, I was just like kind of, it's kind of homeless. 
but <laughs> which I didn't really actually mind too bad because I slept in the announcer's tower at the BMX track. <laughs> wow. For a little while. And then uh, I would take showers and stuff at my friend Steven's house. And uh, yeah, and his parents were like really, really old and they didn't know what was going on half mm-hmm. the time. So I had to like stay there for like a week. And then at some point his mom was like, is he living with us? <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, no, no, he's just spending the night. <laughs> Is that um? But, <laughs> well, how did how did that affect your school? Oh, I never gave a shit about school, man. The only thing I went to school for was to like, f- like get into a fight. I literally all I cared about at school was just fighting or being funny. That's the two things. That's all I cared about. Mm-hmm. I'd literally get suspended, and I would go, oh, what am I going to do? I would plan my next thing, like, what am I going to do that's outrageous to get in trouble for and get suspended? And then they try to, then they try to expel me. And, uh, yeah, and then my mom, like, tried to go. She had to go to the board of education and, like, get them to, like, basically, like, plead for them not to, like, expel me from school. They wanted to send me to, like, some other um, alternative school or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, and so, and but but luckily, before, like, right as it was getting really crazy, and I was, like, doing really crazy stuff at school, uh, I mean, I was, like, picking up chairs and just throwing them across the classroom <laughs> at, at the teacher, <laughs> and, like, gosh. I broke the principal's fingers once. Uh, um, from, like, shaking his hand? No, I, I closed the door on his hand. Oh, my gosh but i i was just insane because like i literally just i wanted to die like i really wanted i wanted someone to like uh i like i thought i was doing a noble thing by like standing up for people mm-hmm. and i'm like oh so and so this guy thinks he's bad because he's big and he picks on this guy so i'm gonna mess with this guy and like i just didn't care so I was kind of like I was kind of wanting to like go out in a blaze of glory, and uh, yeah, you know, because I grew up around a lot of violence and stuff. So I, I, I just really I'm like my would fantasize about going to school and just literally just getting in these like, you know, just death matches with people. And <laughs> so after a while, like people were just like, "Don't fuck with that guy because he's crazy." Yeah. So they just like like really. I mean, I had a few people try to step up and try to fight, and, you know, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I never really, I don't know. Did they have a nickname for you? Probably, but I don't <clears throat> remember. <laughs> yeah. I don't really remember. And it's not like I was, like, some badass. I just uh, I just didn't care. Yeah. I was just The only thing I cared about was, like, riding my bike. That was the only thing that, I just, that was it. But BMX always kind of attracts, like, kids from like troubled homes yeah <laughs> i don't know what it is about being like there's <laughs> always the most crazy weird <laughs> off the wall kids that ride bmx I don't, the same could be said weird. for comedy as well though yeah 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 comedy it's uh yeah comedy is cool it's uh <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. i mean i like doing comedy i, I don't really like the state of stand-up. I don't like stand-up comedy as a business. I think it's an awful business, and it's mm-hmm. filled with really awful people that, you know, if I were younger, I probably would have, like, really just gone out of my way to try to, like, instigate into a fight of some sorts. 
but you can't do that as an adult. So there's a lot of people that need to be bitch slapped, but they don't because of lawyers and right. You know, oh, we're adults and we handle ourselves professionally, and so it's just a you know, it's just a it's a it's a lot of scumbags in this business. But a lot of that just stems from people, I think, just not really getting over their insecurities and uh, you know. I just I see people that are so driven, like we're so driven to be successful, so driven, and it's like no, it's just literally your ego. That's all it is. <laughs> just you're an insecure, scared little kid, yeah. and then you know, and then those people are usually the worst people to have to deal with. I see it over and over and over again. Somebody gets a television credit and then they act like a totally different person. <laughs> you're like, you do know this is going to end in like another year, right? You get that for yeah. two years. <laughs> and you, even if it doesn't end, they just turn into even worse people. I think success shouldn't come to people. Like, I think people need to like struggle for at least 25, 30 years before they really have any perspective, you know? I guess some callous. Yeah, but there's just too many. There's too many people that. There's just too many. Hollywood like worships. It's like they reward scumbags. They definitely reward scumbags. You've been out there, so you would know. Yeah, <clears throat> you yeah. didn't. You didn't move out there. Yeah, and then came back. I remember when you first moved out there. I called you, and we didn't even really know each other. And I just randomly call you like been doing comedy like a year like yeah. hey man when should somebody move to LA and you're like oh. yo man maybe after you've been doing comedy <laughs> like you 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 gave good advice though you said to you know treat your hometown maybe like a college and do yeah. it there for at least 4 years before taking yeah. the move yeah i said treat it like a college yeah that's that seems about right but i mean you know people think LA's like the end all be LA's not the business is so fucked right now. Like, people used to get development deals for like half a million dollars. Then it went down to like, oh, a hundred thousand dollars. Now it's like fucking twenty thousand dollars. It's just a fuck. The business is a fucking joke. Yeah. It's, a, it's a giant joke. <laughs> it's like there's a thousand television channels. So, like, even if you if your dream is like, oh, I want to be a TV comic, well, well, good luck because I mean, you could be on TV all the time and still not sell tickets. Anyway, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just so, featured for um, a comedian who had been on like Letterman twice and been on like Inside Amy Schumer, and literally the shows had like twelve people. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Nobody. I mean, nobody really cares. I mean, there are people that are infatuated with like celebrity. So like, if they see you on a show all the time, like a like a hit show, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, then they're gonna pay to come see you because they want to get their picture taken. They don't give a fuck like if you're funny. They don't give a shit about that. They just like, oh my god, I got my picture taken with this guy. Yeah, you know this guy. Look, here's me with them. Isn't aren't I? You know, isn't this cool? I paid thirty five dollars for this, and then you know everybody at the office is like, oh, that's so cool. Oh wow, that's literally why people go. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I've seen it a thousand times. And like when I started doing comedy. Several years after I started doing comedy, I, w I worked at the Funny Farm for a little bit running sound uh, just because I would sneak on stage whenever uh, the owner would leave <laughs> out of town because he was going to weddings all the time. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is cool. Uh, I'll just I'll just run sound 
And then every time he's gone, I'll just get somebody in the audience to cue the sound up and down. And then I'll run out there and do guest spots. And I was just terrible. Just fucking awful. Like the ambition. Yeah, I did have a lot of ambition. It was that ego driving right. me, right? Yeah. And so so I'd go out there and I would do these awful spots. And uh, and I would watch these people come in from like, they would watch television and stuff. And they like see these comics from television that they, you know, shows that popular shows and the and a lot of times the comics would be garbage comics. they would just be terrible mm -hmm. just fucking off for like 45 minutes like not doing anything really funny or creative just like literally i mean they should have just called it a meet and greet that's really what it should have <laughs> been it's like oh i do meet and greets oh, okay well we call it stand-up comedy but it's really that's really what it was and then people just line up after a garbage show and then they would like get their picture taken with these fucking people i'm just like oh my god saying the person's awful. catchphrase or whatever like their quote from the one movie they were in or something yeah or just it's just like just so bad and i was like really it's like and that's when i started kind of like i mean i didn't really start looking at it i guess at that point from the outside because how long had you been but doing after, it up to that point uh i think let's see i started in 2001 when you were 26? 26, yeah. So then by the time that time rolled around, I don't know, that was probably like 2004, maybe 2004, 2003, 4, 5, somewhere in there. Okay. So pretty kind of, But I kind of like, started to see like, you know, just how, just how humans, do. I mean, I've always known humans are going to act like humans, but it, you know, <laughs> it's just, it was just super depressing in itself, but. Uh, seeing that firsthand and how it related with the business that I chose to like do, it was, yeah, it was kind of depressing. I was like, oh, fuck, man. Because I would see comics come in that are really good comics, yeah. but nobody would fucking come see them because yep. nobody cared. And you could literally tell people, and just the mentality of talking to people, like, they'd be like, oh, God, we saw Tracy Morgan. He was terrible. Like, he just, all he did was blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, you paid $35 to come get a picture with him. Like, well, there's another guy coming here next week who I've seen before, and he's hilarious. And, um, you know, I think tickets for that are like $12. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I, I got to, I don't know, I got to feed the chickens. You're like, you live in an apartment complex. Like, what, what? Hey, oh, I got an ingrown toenail. I really, I've been meaning to work on it. Like, what? Like, so it's just the, the mentality of just, just the, the general mentality of the, the mass public is just so fucking depressing. So you really have to do stand-up comedy for other reasons other than, like, totally feeding your own ego. Well, why did you, you know? start? Because bef you start at 26, and before insecurity. that you had a um, it was just insecure. pressure washing business and yeah. you did some valet and stuff. But then you're 26, you're like, I better, might as well just do comedy. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. else. What are your goals going into comedy? You're like, I want to have my name in the lights one day. Or what was it? Um, uh, not Not so much, like... I just wanted to, I thought it would be cool to like <clears throat> do, <clears throat> do, I just thought the idea of doing, being a stand-up comic would be fun and it is a fun, it would be a fun way to make money. And, um, and it has been to an extent, but like, uh, but you know, I've never loved it as, as much as I love something. So, you know, like riding my bike mm -hmm. or building trails or, you know, that's like, I love that shit. 
But I don't, you know, I don't love getting in a car and traveling or getting on an airplane and traveling or staying at an airport. I just don't, staying at hotels. I just don't, I don't love that. There's nothing, the whole time I'm just like, fuck, man, it's like nice weather back at home. I could be riding right now, you know. But I do love when I'm actually on stage. Okay. I love that part. And I love like writing stuff and then having that stuff, uh, having other people see what you saw when you were writing it. Like, oh, I think this is funny. And then they then they think it's funny. And then that's cool. That's a very good feeling. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of that's like, um, you know, also feeding the ego. But, uh, but the really, you know, like really off the wall, kind of silly stuff. Um, I don't know. That, that stuff, it's, it's cool to like do stuff that you think is funny and yeah, other people think it's funny. I don't know. Maybe that's the... Fuck, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out why the fuck I do comedy <laughs> half the time. <laughs> I really am. Because la- last, last night I closed the star bar out and I was like, oh man, I was like sitting here going, fuck, man, I don't fucking want to go down there. I don't want to fucking go to the star bar. Yeah. Just fucking smell like fucking smoke oh, the yeah. whole time. I can't breathe. My throat's all scratchy. I'm going to have to drink just to be there because... I don't like just standing around talking to people if I'm not drinking. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and then I go and then I had a blast. Uh, so, you know, it was cool. I just forced myself to go. But uh, and I did have fun. I, I, it was really fun. But, yeah, it's I don't know, man. I think I think your reasons for doing comedy change through the years, too. Yeah. But here's one thing I always tell younger comics, too. Um I mean, if they ask me, I don't really just go around fucking because I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck what anybody does with their life as long as they're not fucking with anybody else. Yeah. But like if somebody asks me, you know, basically the way I feel about comedy is, you know, I think I think it's smart for all comics to have a business or some other means of making money. And then comedy be this thing that you would normally do for free and then when you start getting paid for it you just always treat it like it's just extra money yeah because if you start like relying on comedy for a living then it totally stifles all creativity totally in my opinion you know for me at least it just kind of fucking sucks the energy out of everything it just makes it like not fun yeah because you you dove it you were living in a van Chasing the comedy dream. Yeah, which is fine. Like, I mean, I don't care. You I, went head first, though, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then other comics, you know, would consult me for van living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you know. Yeah, Dave Stone, who's been on here, was talking about his van and everything as well. Yeah. <laughs> Living in the van. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've had, yeah, I mean, I've consulted with a lot of people about van living. And, uh, yeah, and I had a tour, too. I had a tour called the white van comedy tour for like a a whole year i did that wow and that was kind of fun but um but yeah and of course i never got any sort of attention for it or anything so uh, i thought i was like oh cool i'm doing this cool thing and this will be this will be good maybe i'll get a little bit of press for doing it or whatever and then fuck no like nope just a guy in a van and then literally everybody i consult with about doing van stuff they get tons of press and i'm like well there was fucking too too soon. <laughs> too Have you soon, done that a lot in your soon. career? Have you seen you like one step ahead of the the game? I think in some in certain aspects, yeah. Because I mean, 
not necessarily just in stand-up comedy, but um, I produced uh, motocross, like really like a motocross video, and it's like a motocross BMX video. It was really silly. Um, this is back in '96 or seven. I think it's '97, maybe. But anyway, yeah, um, and we were like very much ahead of the curve on that. And uh, so much so that the distribute it was like we did like a really funny video. It was really silly and <clears throat> lots of good riding, just like a really good action sports video that we we produced. And um, you know, at the time, very kind of similar to stand up comedy now, where the the video and this is back when everybody was you know distributing videotapes. So you would VHS, get yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had like mail order places where you could order like motocross videos and BMX videos and skate videos and snowboard videos and they were these big distributors um and you know you'd go there and order your stuff or you'd go to a bike shop or you go to a motorcycle shop and you buy these videos well we approached you know there was like two big um video distributors that basically if you were in with them then you were going to sell at least pretty much guarantee you're going to sell at least 30,000 videos right off the bat Right, mm-hmm. and would neither one of them would pick us up. They, neither one would take us because they were like, "Well, can't can't you just could you make it more like um, Krusty Demons of Dirt or just like some other bullshit that was already popular?" Right, right. And we were like, "No, we don't." That's why we made the video because we don't want to do something like we don't want to be like everything else. They use like so, and it's the same shit now. And and of course, it, both of them were ran by housewives, which I have no fucking idea wow. how the fuck they even got involved with distributing uh, alternative sports <laughs> videos. Fucking who fucking knows? But anyway, yeah. So and it's the same shit now in stand up comedy. It's like you know the people, the gatekeepers are like fucking some of the. I just I don't get it. I, comedy is just. I feel like you. You're not seeing anything like really ballsy on television right now because everybody wants kind of this cookie cutter, safe, clean, innocent. Oh, you don't really have opinions. That's great. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. You don't have a point of view about anything. Can you just be a cheerleader the entire time you're on stage? Oh, that would be awesome. How progressive are you? Oh, that's great. We love progress. Are you, (laughs) you're not a white male comedian. Oh my God, that's amazing. Thank God you're not a white male comic because we're not going to say it out loud, but we fucking hate white male comics. It's literally like, and I'm not saying, oh, poor white male comics, um, because we had a good run. Yeah. Not not now, but we did have a good run for a while. Unfortunately, I wasn't in the business at that point, but you know, now it's all about diversity, and I get it. It's great. It's good for people that are diverse. Totally understand it, uh, and they should, you know definitely does need to be more diversity um it's just you know it is what it is just not a good time to be a white male comic <laughs> lisa that, lampanelli told me that bill i had a long conversation with bill burr about this i mean you know oh, so before people start pointing fingers and being like yeah. oh jared's oh he's he's just mad because he's not black you know whatever it's like <laughs> it's fucking true though and i'll argue with anybody about that i'll debate that all day long because i have the emails back from uh, the I don't. I'm not gonna call them out right now. But you can. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I've gotten the emails. Um, sorry, we got enough white male comics. Like, okay. Oh, that that verbiage. They actually say we have enough. Uh, 
one one actually yes i was like kind of surprised but then uh yeah i got some i got a couple text messages and it's like they find kind of like you know they find ways to do they find ways to do it you know like in NBC Stand Up for Diversity, it's like, okay, right. we're going to call it NBC Stand Up for Diversity. <laughs> but what that really means is like, no white male comics, please. Okay, you had your run. That's pretty much what that means. But, you know, why, I mean, why, who am I to complain about it? Because, you know, I've got all this white privilege that of, you know, come from a great family, <laughs> um, never had to work for anything. Um, whenever I need money, I've got my white card. I just pull my white privilege card. It's great. It's MX. It's been amazing. MX it's, white been, card. it's been awesome, actually. It's been awesome. Uh, I've never been shot at. Um, it's been amazing. You have been yeah, shot my at. My white privilege like, yeah. card has really panned out. <laughs> awesome. Never been to juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> All these things you have done. Are you even trying for TV anymore? I know you did Lopez no, tonight. No, I don't try for TV. You're over submitting for late night spots and all that. Yeah, I don't care. I just don't care. It's like it doesn't like. I mean, I was like in queue for half hours, and I just kind of dropped the ball on that. And then uh, Conan Booker was like, "Yeah, we'll we'll have you on the show, but you know, just su submit the set that you want to do." And then I submitted the set that I wanted to do, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, well, no, this no, <laughs> not this, not that." And you're like, "Okay, well, I'll submit another set." And you're like, "Okay, submit another set." And I was just like, why am I submitting another set? I don't like you want me to be your idea of what you think is funny? That's not me. I mean, if I could just go on there and just be Jared Harris, then yeah, I'll do that. But I'm not gonna fucking try to be some shit that you know, so it's point like why would I do that? It doesn't make any sense. Is that what happened with a half hour? You just wouldn't compromise? No, the half hour didn't no, that had nothing to do with that. The half hour is just uh uh basically like following up. And, you know, mm. after three or four years, it's kind of like you just fall off the radar. And they're like, oh. But, but you know, and like one year I was like, I was literally about to email. And then, or I, I had a manager at the time. And they said they were working on it or something. And I'm like, working on it? Like, I have a relationship with these people. Like, I could just email them. And they're like, no, we'll take care of it. It's like, oh, okay. And then mm. fucking nothing. And I'm like. <laughs> wow. So that's another thing. I, comics, I don't know what comics. That's how you see these comics, like thinking, oh, well, if I just get a manager, the managers don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a shit about you. Unless you're making them money, they don't give a fuck about you. They will act like they like you. Like, they'll be like, oh my God, who's, who's, who's got the buzz? Who's got the heat? You know? <laughs> and then just fucking a bunch of goddamn blind, insecure, <laughs> fucking talentless motherfuckers running around. They don't have the balls to do stand-up comedy, but they're ready to exploit anybody who actually does do stand-up comedy. And in the back of their mind, when they're meeting with you, they're like, okay, motherfucker, you got 24 months. You got 24 months. If, mm -hmm. this, if, if, if we don't land something, or if you don't land, not we, if they... If you don't land something for them to make money off of you, they don't give a fuck about your life. You can go fuck yourself and die. They don't give a shit. That's pretty much been my experience. And I've been with three very big companies. And like, just like <laughs> So do you have any management right now? Fuck no. You can't. I mean, nobody's reliable. Like, nobody. Yeah. I mean, I say that. I mean, I have, I have a handful of friends who have, like, amazing management. And... Uh, they're just super lucky because you have to in this business you have to have people that will 
vehemently fight for you and go to bat for you. Mm. You have to because you can't do it on your own. You have to have people batting for you. And, you know, I understand if nobody wants to bat for me because I don't, you know, I mean, I, I speak my mind too much. I have to, I have opinions. That's why I started doing comedy because I was like, oh, wouldn't that be cool mm. to do comedy and share my point of view? And then when you start doing comedy, you're like, oh, you don't want to hear my point of view. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, I get it. Yay. Is that why you're moving into the YouTube realm? I mean, you've been you've made Yay. some great gains. Action figure therapy almost had a TV deal, right? And that had like well, not millions action, of views. Not action figure therapy, but like I, I, me personally, I almost got a show off of it. But Oh, okay. But yeah, uh, yeah, that whole thing got just completely destroyed and cock blocked um, by a person, which I can't say because he's uh, very litigious. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, <laughs> what do you do? I don't know. Can't, there's nothing I can do about it. it just, it, it happened the way that it happened. So, yeah, whatever. But honestly, though, I don't, I didn't really like the direction that action figure therapy was going anyway. It was it was getting too pandery. It was like starting to pander to like the military, and uh, I don't want to pander to anybody, you know. Yeah. It's like yeah, I appreciate your service, but like I'm not, you know, from a creative standpoint, why would why would I want to limit myself to just one audience because they happen to buy a bunch of shirts? So did they did they just put somebody in your place, or did the whole project get axed? No, I mean I told the guy to go fuck himself. Okay. I told the owner to go fuck himself, basically. <laughs> And uh, and then he was like, "Oh, I'll just find somebody. I got a million guys that can do your voice or something to that effect." Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing. So I was like, "All right, that's fine." And then next thing you know, like <laughs> I don't know, he just got bombarded with a bunch of like people that were pissed off. Like, what the fuck? What happened? Fans. Where's, where's the original jungle? This song? Yeah. <laughs> But I mean that's fine. Good for him. He's selling uh, a lot of merch, which apparently is his. I guess you know. I don't know. I don't know what he does. He's, you move uh, forward though. You do Ricky Orlando. Yeah, I mean, but that, you know, all that stuff is just kind of like experimenting with stuff. It's yeah. Just kind of like not. Really, the thing is, I don't have a passion for like trying to like monetize anything. Really, I'm just just like a, a, a phase I was going through. I, so I made that, and then I went and pitched that to Comedy Central. And uh, that was fun. That was that's a funny experience. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. After that meeting, I am truly convinced that, that you'll never see an intelligent uh, white Southern male on television in a positive light. They will never. They will never, ever, ever put a white male Southerner who's intelligent in a positive light on television. And the only way you'll see a white male southerner on television is if they're just being exploited. -ish. Like, look how fucking dumb and retarded mm -hmm. this motherfucker is. Like, this is the only time you'll ever see that kind of a character on television. And I get it, you know. It's it's a lot of, like, super progressive, like... Um, and I keep saying progressive, like, you know, I'm not some neocon... I'm a I'm a libertarian, so basically, I know a lot of people don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> they probably read it some feminist blog that, you know, it's awful, but it's not. It's just I, I like gay people. I'm okay with you know women being able to do whatever they want with their bodies. I just don't trust the government. So you know, 
It's a conspiracy. It makes me a fucking terrible person to to some people, but yeah. So, so is there a conspiracy against the white man now? No, there's not a conspiracy. It's uh, white people still own and operate a lot of the media, so it's not that. It's just that um, it's like a friend of mine in L.A. was kind of explaining this to me, like. <laughs> And it, it totally made sense, but there's so much white guilt in the industry that now, like a lot of these, a lot of these like uh, really well-off, like successful, rich white people in the industry, uh, it's almost like, you know, they 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 want to go out of their way and they want to be seen going out of their way to like help minorities. And my buddy, my buddy lives in LA. It's funny because I can't. Man, I wish I could tell you who he like, who he works with. He's a really big, he's a really big, big uh, uh, comedy icon. He's like TV or yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah all Well, he did television and movies. Um, but yeah. So and his assistant, he was talking to his assistant one day about it because he knows the family really well and he like takes care of like their his kids and shit because um, they're all got drug problems because they've all had a terrible life mm. being rich and uh, <laughs> <laughs> have an opportunity. So now, if you want to talk white privilege, that's that's some white privilege right there. Uh, I wish I knew about that part of white privilege, but. So, yeah, I don't know, like, uh, apparently there's this huge push now with, like, you know, all these rich white people want to pat themselves on the back because, oh, look, I helped a minority. Get Look look what I did for this minority. So everyone's kind of, like, doing that. And that's, it's cool. It's good because there's a lot of, there's just so many funny people that deserve success, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, it's, yeah, it's not not a conspiracy at all. It's just, you know. Uh, I don't know where they got all this white guilt, but um, like I don't have any white guilt. <laughs> is your is your friend a minority that the icon is helping? Uh, no, not my friend. He's not a minority. Oh, okay. Um, so he's working with a big time comic. Who I, I mean, he's he, what's that? Oh, you're saying that all these successful people. I didn't know if the comedy icon you mentioned was proud of themselves for helping out, like your minority friend or whatever. Oh yeah, my friend's not a minority, but uh, but. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. Like he, it's it's like, it's like kind of a it's a little bit of a push, I guess, in the industry where people are trying to go out of there, which is good. I mean, I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, but so yeah, I mean, not a conspiracy at all to like keep the white man down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know I mean, you like a lot of conspiracies. Yeah. I don't know if that was one of them. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't. I mean, I enjoy conspiracies, but I don't think like conspiracies are. Um, like I don't think there's like a little room of hunchback men like conspiring to like take over the world. I think it's just, you know, it's it's uh, the byproduct of human greed and all these different mm-hmm. industries. And uh, same thing with the government. I mean, the government's completely hijacked. You know, the corporations pretty much pull all the strings. They run the government, and uh, then you get these well-spoken, charismatic people like Obama's, not threatening because he's not white and he knows that people will just blindly follow him and the establishment knows that people will just blindly follow him because he represents something greater than himself, which is like, Hey, I'm not white. So let's, <laughs> it doesn't matter if I'm a bald faced liar and I'm literally just, you know, an opportunistic elitist who really, in my opinion, does not give a fuck about black people. And I don't think he gives a shit about black people. He doesn't give shit about people in general. He's just literally looking out for himself. Same thing with the Bushes. Same things with the Clintons. Uh, 
you know, they don't give a fuck. They're just out there, like, basically trying to build their legacy and protect their family and make as much money and, and amass as much power as possible. Why would you want to be in that situation or in that spot unless you were a complete, total fucking narcissist? And I've never met a narcissist that I would want to give any power to. <laughs> and yet these motherfuckers run the goddamn world. So, and then, you know... And then you have people like literally just following them around, like, you know, just like fucking blind sheep, just going, Obama, Obama, or, or Bush, Bush, or Clinton, Clinton. It's like, God damn, like fucking think for yourself. So I get, I don't know. Is that why you became the survivalist comedian? You're yeah. Like some, that some of that, some of that's like, some of it's like, um, some of it's true, my perspective, but then some of it's kind of over the top, you know, you have to kind of keep it over the top. But here's what I've noticed about that. Like. You can, even with it being over the top, there's still a percentage of the population that um, takes it seriously. And then there's still people who like a lot of the progressives that I would think would see the irony in it. It's like they don't see the irony. in it. They think it's real. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know. It's just it's 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 really weird. It's, um, you know, tongue in cheek. But uh, even the people you think would get it that you think, oh, these people are really smart, they'll get it. And then surprisingly they don't. And then people you don't think will get it, they get it. Yeah. Like, fuck, man. So weird. Are you actually preparing? Like are you storing up water and canned food and No. I mean I I don't see anything wrong with that. I think people I think everybody should. Cause uh prepping is not even I don't know where it got this negative stigma because it's like everybody used to prep. Because I mean, there's so much instability in in the world, in our government, you know. Why would you not prep? It's crazy. <laughs> but you're not prepping. I, I mean, I have a little bit of prepping, but not much. Oh. I mean, I don't have, like, I need water. I have guns, but not many, <laughs> you know. I have some ammo. I have some gold and silver, but not, <laughs> you know. I don't think it's a bad idea. People, I think everybody actually should prep. Mm-hmm. Because all this shit could change tomorrow, dude. Everything. Fuck, I mean, a damn solar, was it a solar flare? Could just knock out the fucking power grid? I mean, it's like, that's a, that is a thing that can happen. So, you know, um, anything can happen, man. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Anything can happen, and you were on here, and that happened. That happened. I Thank you so much. Yeah, man. For doing this. It's very interesting. Um, there's one thing I forgot to ask. I ask all the guests on here. Is um, people you know that start in Atlanta, especially comedians, have a story of getting booed while on stage, and you doing comedy was so many years. I've, you've got to have at least one good one up to your sleeve. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I, when I used to do Uptown in Atlanta, <laughs> I would get. That's booed. how most of them start. People are like, yeah, Uptown, that one. I mean, that's really the only place I would get booed. I mean, I've never really gotten booed. Well. No, that's fine. No, it was not, that the original Uptown, like on yeah. Peachtree. Yeah, it was the original Uptown. Uh huh. Yeah, um, yeah. I got booed there many times. <laughs> many times. <laughs> me and uh, who's it? Well, I'll go there sometimes. Like it would be like me, um, Byron Bowers, Ron G. Mm hmm. This other guy, Alex Gardner, would go. Mia Jackson would go sometimes. Like, and even before Mia started, and I, I would go there you know just by myself and shit and it was just it was awful dude like i just had no business there at all but there was nowhere else for me to go talk on a mic in front of a 
people. <laughs> so oh, the scene was that small then? <coughs> there was no scene. There was no comedy scene. There was two comedy clubs, three comedy clubs. It was Uptown, Funny Farm, and Punchline. And I signed up with the Punchline to do open mic for about a year. Um, every Tuesday I would sign up. And they never put me on. And then finally, after almost a year, I think it was almost a year, they put me, they gave me a spot. And then, and you're, I mean, you're only talking to like 10 comics that they would just keep putting up every yeah. fucking week. So I guess the scene was small too. Yeah. And I was like, God damn it. Like, what the fuck? Like, what did <laughs> I, like, this is, what the hell's wrong with me? Why, why are they not putting me up? They finally put me up and I did, I went two minutes over my time and never, ever, ever put me back on stage until eight years later. Cool. And, uh, I got to host for somebody. I got the host for somebody, and then I got, and then they had me come feature for Bill Burr. Not long after that, and then Bill was really cool because Bill's like, he's like, I fucking, you're hilarious, you're fucking, you're really funny, but yeah, good luck, you're fucking, you're a white male comic, and uh, and you know, like I was like super positive at the time, so I didn't let that, I didn't really let that, I didn't really let that sink in what he was like really talking about uh and he helped me tremendously man like yeah so and then after that so yeah i, I literally worked the punchline like uh two two times and then um and then bill like helped me out at an enormous amount in los angeles so i moved to los angeles oh, okay. because bill like basically like really went out of his way to help me and uh so i'll always like be gracious of that Are you guys um, still cool yeah, we're cool, but I don't ever talk to him. I don't yeah. I mean, fuck. I used to have Colbert's phone number. I don't. I don't know where the fuck it is. I don't, yeah. It's like why he did told he, you probably why did he make it right? That was his advice. Oh yeah, Stephen actually. <laughs> yeah, Steve, it's weird. Stephen was like really cool. Like he like invited me to the show. He like actually brought me over to the Daily Show when it was his last week of the Daily Show, and like introduced me to John Stewart, and I hung out with them like. While they were editing this piece, well, John and Stephen were editing. There were some editors, mm -hmm. and they were like asking me my advice on some like a cut, and I was just like, uh, it was like that. I got yeah, that's cool. Like, and then they used the cut, which was kind of cool. But uh, and then Stephen had me over to the show a couple times after he had the new show, and you know it was just really cool. And that was years ago. I mean, the last time I saw Stephen was like his one year anniversary, but um. Yeah, he did say something really weird though. It's like <laughs> he he was like something about like it's it's gonna be so painful. Like this business is so painful. Like you're gonna cry, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be extremely happy, you're gonna be on cloud nine, you're gonna you're gonna cry, you're gonna wanna kill yourself. And he's like, and you know what? He's like, chances are you won't make it. Like <laughs> most people will not make it in this business. And so, you know, uh so I guess maybe I mean, I don't think he was really saying to be a dick or anything. Just, yeah, he didn't say you, I guess. But, but Steven knows like how fortunate and lucky he is. I mean, yeah, he's really funny. There's a fuck ton of funny people. Yeah. But, you know, it's a lot of luck to like have somebody go, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go to bat for this person. Um, you know, having those opportunities and having those people kind of get behind you. And it, and it you know, it matters, man. It matters a lot. Like having Bill go to bat for me, like tell people about me 
helped me out tremendously in Los Angeles. But, you know, after a while, it's like, it's like, what are you going to fucking keep texting these people and asking them for help? Like, it's not their fucking job to babysit you. You know what I'm saying? So I just don't, you know, I don't really, I think the last time I Ego. talked. Ego. <laughs> the, the last time I talked to Bill was just, uh, I don't even know if I talked to him last. I think I texted him last. Something just like, hey, congrats on your new special or something like that. But that was like the last time. I just don't, there's nothing to, you know, like, what are you going to say to these people? Hey, man, can you help me? I'm drowning. Like, I don't know. There's nothing. They got shit to do. Got too much shit to do. So, yeah. yeah. But if they're in town and you're like, hey, you need a feature opener or something. Nah, just the, the pride. They ain't going to ask for that shit. Yeah, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I asked Lewis Black. I asked Lewis Black one time. I was like, "Hey man, it's like, let me know if you need a feature." And it's like, of course he doesn't need a feature, right? He like he has somebody he's known for twenty, thirty years opening up for him. That's like one of his best friends. Like he's just gonna fucking oh yeah, <laughs> let me let me let me have this kid on that. Let's see that you know I, I kind of know, but not that, but not that well. Yeah, but so yeah. I would just, yeah, I just, it's corny, but some people don't, I mean, you have to be bold like that in this business, man. And I think a lot of people get a lot of shit because they're just like, fuck it. I'm important. I don't care. I'm going to ask this person for some shit, Mm -hmm. but I I don't want to do that, man. I have too much fucking pride to, you know, I got to be able to go sleep at night and not feel like a fucking cheese dick. (laughs) So. But you're going to stick with comedy, even though you don't maybe know why you do it, you're going to. I, just, I like being on stage. Still, you like the stage part. Yeah, I like being on stage. Even like if you're humping stage. a pillow at Uptown. Yeah, fucking a pillow at Uptown <laughs> from a bunch of confused black people just staring at you. <laughs> what the fuck has happened? But you know what? They were quiet. Nobody booed me. The entire Lionel Richie song. Nobody <laughs> nobody booed me. They literally <laughs> That's beautiful, man. That was a good feeling, man. It was definitely a good feeling. Well, it was a good feeling having you on here because you're one of my favorite comics and you're one of the first comics. Thank you, but I'm sure you say I that saw. to everybody. No. You have to if you have them on the if you have them on the podcast. You're, like, you're one of my favorite comics. <laughs> no, but you really are. You were the first I saw. You were hosting the Funny Farm, and that was probably the first open mic I did. Yeah, this was. Um, How long ago was that? Funny Farm. Maybe like six years ago. No, Damn. I've been doing maybe five years ago. Wow. And you were. Was it at the? At Andretti's, it was in the the first room on the left in Andretti's. I remember you were hosting. I remember Germando wow. Jones went up there and killed, <laughs> doing his pros- wheelchair prostitute joke, and um, I did wow. a bunch of mustache jokes, and uh, they wow. worked. But yeah, that was you were like the first person I met, and you were nice, and so I was like, I've got to have on you on here as soon as possible. Weird, man, that's crazy. I didn't even know I'd host that. Like, I wonder how they got me to host because. <laughs> I hate hosting so bad. <laughs> like literally, that probably was the last time I actually hosted anything because I hate hosting. I, I it's a job. It. It's a chore. It is a job. It's yeah. a job, and it literally you should make the most money. The host should yeah. make the most money, and then the headliner second, and then the feature third, because it is like it's the hardest job. Yeah, that's the hierarchy, yeah. though. Yeah, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's the most important job and uh, the hardest. Sounds like nothing, not quite much makes sense in comedy, but... Nothing, to me anyway. Other people, yeah, everything makes sense. (laughs) Not me. But I'm a fucking asshole, because I have opinions. Who knows, maybe not. Because you're white. But it's all right. Because I'm white. It's all good, man. There's there's a bright future out there for you. I don't care. Like, I probably sound like I'm fucking 
goddamn like I hate minorities or some shit. I don't. I fucking don't hate minorities. I I love people. I'm a humanist. I'm very pro equal rights for everybody. Mm-hmm. No matter what your fucking color is, what your fucking religion is, what your fucking sexual orientation is, you know. Um it's uh you know, and that's part of like being a libertarian. But I always feel like if I say I'm a libertarian, I have to defend myself because there's <laughs> shitheads like Glenn Beck who give libertarianism like a really bad name. And there's Alex Jones is out there and like, you know. So, yeah, I get. Uh, yeah. You just sound like to... life is, you know, you've, you've been through life a little bit. Well, I'm a realist. Is what it sounds like. Yeah. You don't I'm just a realist. You sound like somebody who's been through some things and has come out the other side a new person. Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm happy that I have I have fun, man. Like you know, try to ride and do comedy when I can. It's fun, man. And your lady, I'm sure she turned your life around in some oh, ways. Yeah. My girlfriend's amazing. Like she's super funny and super. I call her network money because like literally because <laughs> she like doesn't really she has opinions but she can keep them to herself. Mm-hmm. But she's not she's not gonna ruffle anybody's feathers. Yeah. She can suck up when she needs to. She can like, you know, do her business on stage and conduct herself in a professional manner where, where I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I get a little out of control sometimes. And uh, so it's great because like it's it's a very good balance because um, she kind of keeps me, mm-hmm. she keeps me in check. She keeps me from doing certain things or saying certain things or uh, so. Yeah, I mean she's yeah she's awesome. I love her. You should have her on the. You should do a. Has she been on? She hasn't. Oh yeah. No, I, I asked about it though. Yeah, I'll definitely have her on soon. Yeah, she's super super funny. Well, that that was great, man. Is there uh is there anything else you want the world to know? Um. No, no, I mean no, that's it. That's it. I mean, I don't really want anybody to know anything anyway. But um, <laughs> can't just can't just, just be like, no, man. They're like, no, I don't want anybody to know anything, man. Whatever. I mean, it's all screwed. Just store water. No, I'm not. Like, I sound like uh, no, I don't want to come across that way. But I just don't. Like, I'm just saying, I don't care if people know anything about. Like, I used to, but I don't cool. care anymore. I'm just thank you for listening. If you, I don't know. Fuck. It's like, all good. No pressure, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll sign off. Thank you so much, Jared Harris. Thank you. You're a wonderful person. Thank you. You too, man. (laughs) (laughs) I told you, we are family. (laughs) Wait. Wait. All right. Do you hear something? Oh, there it is. Because the mic levels weren't up. Oh hell! What the hell? There we go. All right. All right. Yeah, let's let's. We're standing let's here out. We're standing here outside. Yeah, we're doing Jared Hervis. Standing. Jared Hervis. We're doing a post game interview, and I just realized yeah. I didn't ask you about your future plans because you mentioned yeah. comedians should always have like you know other means of income yeah, besides stand up. Definitely. So what is what is your game plan? What are you doing with that right now? Uh, well, uh, different things, but. Uh, I just started another company. I used to have, I used to be in the pressure wash business like years ago, and uh, then I phased out and was doing comedy just all the time. And now I started another wash business uh, because I don't like being stuck on the road forty weeks out of a year. And uh, yeah, it's called Blue Monkey uh, Pressure Washing and Wood Care. And yeah, so we do like deck restorations. 
We wash houses, roofs, decks, driveways. Um, yeah, so it's cool. It's good business to be in. What's the What's the deal with Blue Monkey? Oh, that was just kind of like uh, for branding purposes, just something easy, like cute, easy to remember. You know, a lot of housewives like little monkeys. Mm-hmm. They think it's cute, so it's just you know, it's just more for branding. But uh, yeah, but it's good. I like it's it's good to it's good to have a business that you you know you make money from for your living, and then you know, like I mentioned earlier, comedy is just. So much more fun when you know you don't have to rely on it for income. You, it's just extra money. It feels awesome. Like I, I really feel kind of rejuvenated now that I've got another business going, and I know that you know if a booker hits me back and is like, "Oh, well, I've you know I can pay you this much," then I can just go, "Oh, okay, sorry." Yeah, that's not enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anything else on on the burner? I know you used to have a podcast called Drinks with Jared. Are you gonna try to get back into the podcast game at all? Uh, not with Drinks with Jared because I just did not need another reason to drink, so <laughs> I stopped doing that. Uh, but yeah, so me and uh, Tim Northern's really funny comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing a podcast, recording them right now, and then we'll start putting them out probably in a couple weeks. But there's it's just called Issues with tim and jared and uh yeah so we just talk about like whatever shit's going on in the news and uh try to keep it lighthearted. it gets a little serious at times but then we we kind of keep it lighthearted though me me and tim together we, we just we crack each other up we're like super goofy yeah. together like it's just he kind of brings my silly side out <laughs> and uh yeah so yeah check it out you know i don't know when this is coming out but I think we'll probably have the first uh, episode up in a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Anything else? Just the pressure washer comedy and podcast? Uh, no, I'm gay. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> okay, don't, don't let them think I'm gay. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. It doesn't matter. I love gay people. You're going yeah. back. You're going back. It, we're all equal, <laughs> but it's screwed for white people. But we're all equal. Uh, oh, yeah. No. I just thought it'd be funny to go, I'm gay. And then just end, just end with that. Like, anything else? I'm gay. And then cut. Oh, wow. Sorry about that. Now it's official. Thank you, Jared, for your honesty and time. And thank you, listeners, for your time. And I would love to hear your honesty on our iTunes page for a chance to win a free Hot Breath t-shirt that will surely caffeinate your wardrobe. You can also not only look like Hot Breath, but cure your own hot breath with a Wax and Wick candle. Go to waxandwick.co and use the promo code 40 off Joel Byers to get 40% off your order just for being a fan. Also, while you're online, please check out my engineer, Amon Garner, on Facebook for all your audio quality needs. And also at Aaron A. Rogers on social media for a lovely theme song composition. Well, that's the squad, and that's my time. So until next Monday on Hot Breath. Hot Breath.